0: As travel advisors, we all know that personalized service and attention to detail can make the difference in creating extraordinary travel experiences. You'll discover in this episode how to communicate special occasions effectively, coordinate seamless transportation, and leverage your industry connections for exclusive access.
1: We'll also explore the importance of advocating for priority services and coordinating unique experiences that go above and beyond. These insider strategies will not only enhance your client's travel experience, but also create unforgettable memories that will keep them coming back for more. So whether you're a seasoned travel advisor or an aspiring professional in the industry, get ready to take notes as we unravel the secrets to VIPing your clients through hotels and partners.
0: Hey, it's your travel industry best friends, Robin and Jen from T. We're obsessed with practically anything that touches
1: your business and allows you to scale to the level of success that you've always dreamt of. With
0: Robin's background in sales and marketing,
1: and Jennifer's experience as a management-level HR professional,
0: we grew a small itinerary creation company into a multi-million dollar travel agency, and now we aim to help others skip the hard stuff and get right to the big wins.
1: We're probably each recording this holding a glass of wine, so pour one up with us, grab a seat, and join us to talk all things travel and business.
0: So first up, we're going to talk about transportation. This is something that in this summer alone is going to be such a challenge. But to me, and I think you guys will agree, is that logistics are actually the primary indicator of a smooth travel experience. I, it's not about the hotels for me. Like, I do love a beautiful hotel. I don't think there's any secret to working and travel and realizing that A gorgeous hotel with exceptional service is going to make an impact on your travels. However, if you have bad transportation and logistical details sprinkled between the hotels, it's going to wreck your trip. It's a key indicator of whether you're going to have a great experience or not. So this summer, what we're seeing already is, we'll take Italy, for example, because that's what I do. There are transfers just canceling left and right because they don't have enough cars. So they've pre-booked all of these services. And then if anything goes wrong with a vehicle or a flight comes in at a different time and then all of a sudden the cars are backlogged, it's just a nightmare for these transfer companies. So with that being said, it is important to vet and work with transportation companies that you have a good relationship with. The first thing for a client to see when they get off a plane and make them feel like a VIP is going to be that little piece of paper with their last name. Like That is just like such a special feeling, especially if you've never had that happen before. You feel like a celebrity (laughs) And, and everyone wants the picture with the piece of paper. I actually just saw one the other day and the last name was spelled incorrectly, which I thought was even more hilarious, but it worked out. It worked out perfectly. They clearly knew who they were being picked up by. Just getting off the plane and having someone take you from, whether it be right outside the plane door, which is a whole different level of client experience or outside of customs when you've gotten your bags, removing the intimidation of having to go out into the chaos of a new country. And it may not actually be chaotic, but to you, it may feel chaotic. Removing that intimidation and giving them that level of service is going to immediately make them trust you from the get go. Now, on the flip side of that, if your clients don't have a transfer, you're immediately in a position to try and regain trust and save face the rest of the trip. To me, I feel like there are a few things that can go wrong that are worse than a transfer not being there upon arrival because it just sets the tone. People are already stressed, they're nervous about getting where they're going, they're flustered from going through customs, they're probably sweating if they're in a Caribbean island and there's no air conditioning in in the airport. It's just a a stressful situation. And then to not have a transfer or to not be able to find the transfer, like even if they are there, but to not be able to find the desk and have kind of failed on your part as a travel advisor to really articulate where that transfer meeting point should be. That is just a very fast track. If we're going to talk about fast tracks in a minute, it's a very fast track to a distressful situation with your clients. And Ashlyn and Robin are nodding. When you said
1: not preparing them for the airport, I always think of the Cancun airport because it is so chaotic. There's all those vendors before you actually exit who make you think that you need to like go there and reserve. So I feel like a lot of clients can easily get like almost tricked, maybe not intentionally tricked, but maybe intentionally tricked into getting a transfer when they already actually paid for one. Because that was something we added to our wrap up documents, especially Cancun area was like getting out of the airport and finding your person was so key because we always lose the most travel. Here's what they're wearing. Like I'm pretty sure there was a picture at some point of like a typical what they would be in. So it was super, super easy and seamless for people to find. But 100%, like that, getting off the plane, getting your luggage, and actually getting to your first destination or the resort is the most stressful part of the trip, especially if somebody has never been there before. So I 100% yeah. agree with this. I mean, the seamless from start to finish, that does set the tone for the whole trip.
2: I agree. And working with vetted transfer companies, when Amanda Lynn and I were in Italy post-teak week, and we the train derailed, and we needed to get a transfer from Florence to Venice. Thankfully, we worked with an amazing hotel that Jen recommended to us that had a vetted transfer company that took us very quickly from point A to point B. And it was incredibly safe. And it was just exactly what we needed. And neither of us had been in that position. So to have that was really... We were very grateful for it.
0: I will say I recently was on a group trip and we had a travel advisor planet. And to me, there was some confusion of the meeting point. It all turned out perfectly fine and we were able to find them easily. But being on the other side of it, it was pretty dang nice. I haven't been able to book a transfer or I guess I haven't had the luxury of someone else booking my transfer for me and arriving. Like I've always been the one that has arranged my own sign in a way. But having someone else do it for me and not having to worry about telling them where to go, I did need to know how much to tip. That was kind of chaotic because there wasn't guidance on that. And Just like a plug for anyone listening, if you don't currently include transfer tip guidance for groups or individuals, whatever it may be, I highly recommend it because we ended up tipping like an offensively a large amount. Because everyone's just handing over like 20s and fives because we didn't pre-coordinate what everyone would contribute. And that wasn't in the the pre-travel guidance. And to me, I kind of knew, but I also didn't want to think and I didn't want to intervene and manage the trip. So I just like handed my tip and just kept it moving. But that's flustering too. That can really fluster you if you're like scrambling in the back, like I don't have cash. Do you have cash? How much am I supposed to tip the transportation? All of these things are good points to remember that when you're the traveler, they can really spin you out?
1: No, it's so good. When we did our trip to Italy, me and my husband on the front of the antique week, Jen planned it all. So everything was in Travify and it was beautiful. But each of our things had tipping, like recommended tips, even for like cabs and stuff like that. Again, in Italy, I know tipping isn't as common as it is in the U.S. So I always get very weird where I'm like, is this too much of a tip? In Mexico, like people are always like very confused on what to tip to the resort. And is it included in the transfer? And do I need pesos? There's so many questions that I think as travel advisors, we almost become numb to unless we travel for ourselves. To be like, oh, that's a good thing I should add because those are always the things that I think were the most valuable to my experience for clients. Was when I went on a trip that was planned by somebody else, and I'm like, I wish I would have known that, or I wish I would have known that on the front end so I wasn't scouring my bag, or like all I have is a hundred and I'm not going to tip, you know, this poor man taking me to Unico a hundred dollars, and I doubt he has changed. Like it's just a whole. You get very panicky and like hot in the car and you're like, what do I do? What do I do?
0: There's nothing worse than like getting to the place realizing you don't have the right amount to tip and then be like, Oh, I'll get you later. And then you know you're never gonna see that person again, and then you feel bad, and then I don't know. That's just such a, a bad feeling. We digress. That's absolutely not the, the <laughs> that's not the point of this podcast. However, it's all good things to know. Sometimes, maybe think about it this way, have someone else, if you know you're going on a trip, have someone else plan your trip for you, just as a reminder what it feels like to be a client. Because I think it really, to me, added a new lens that was very helpful for me to be like, okay, these are the things that our group did or didn't like about the service. And then it allowed me to be like, okay, the majority of advisors may not know that because we're only talking to each other sometimes. And it might be a small piece of feedback that never makes it back because it didn't impact the trip that much. But what did impact the trip, we only had two nights, we're in the Bahamas, and we were in customs line for two hours. So just either managing expectations, if people don't have the budget for a VIP entry, or also making sure that the transportation is as seamless as possible, and that might include VIP entry all of those things, whatever it may be. To me, that two hours was so detrimental to my experience because I only had two nights and I wanted that transportation and the logistical pieces to be as smooth as possible. So that's the first point, coordinate transportation. Even if your clients think they're going to take a taxi, especially in places like Italy this summer, I just don't think you can bank on getting a one-off transfer anymore because of the shortage of cars. If someone is renting a car, I mean, really evaluate what that means for them and their stress level, talk through that, if that's actually something they can handle. I would argue that 80% of the time, it's not. I mean, maybe the 20% are pretty roll with the punches, but I mean, someone stating that they're comfortable renting a car in Tuscany and then getting to the town of Orvieto and realizing their car doesn't even fit through like one of the tiny little (laughs) alleyways. It's just not a stressor your client needs, and I guarantee you're going to hear about it. Whether they were confident about it or not, you are the advisor, you are the expert. So talk through transportation, coordinate transportation, coordinate it with vetted specialists, companies in that area, and definitely help your clients feel comfortable knowing what they should tip. The other thing we wanna touch on is how that VIP experience then transitions over to the responsibility of the hotel and how it is imperative to make relationships with your hotel. So Robin is gonna shed a little bit of light on that.
1: Stop what you're doing and mark your calendar. August 9th is going to change your life.
0: We mean it, and we do not say this lightly. We're launching the course that you never knew you needed, seven-figure sales.
1: Okay, but before you think, I've been in this industry and I am no issues getting my clients to commit, or if you're thinking, I'm just starting out and I'm just getting my handle on the business itself, we want to give you a little teaser of what's included in our beefiest course ever.
0: Seven Figure Sales has four stacked modules with specific instructions on how to create your service suite, implement or raise fees to the point where it matches your business's overhead and your dream income, communicate your unique value proposition, create a pitch that converts, and crush the close. We're talking about 30 bite-sized, but jam-packed, pre-recorded lessons with clear action items that you can implement in your business immediately.
1: And the resources are purely out of this world. You'll receive an expense spreadsheet that helps you convert your information into an annual budget, as well as a fee calculator that gives you an objective approach to each planning fee by accounting for the complexities of the trip and the time required for the specific inquiry. We're removing the subjectivity from your service suite and showing you how you can increase your profit margin by applying these principles.
0: This course is not just about sales. It is about you, your story, your business, your profit, your dream clients, and your success. We are so confident in this course's impact in your business that we are backing it with a money-back guarantee.
1: So another way to really give your clients that VIP experience is building the strong rapport with the hotel management and staff, regardless of whether you are booking it through a dmz or not i used to book unigo nonstop so i got familiar with the people there cuz i was constantly extending in like a little supplier you know request that like hey these clients are coming just putting it on your radar all those emails. And so they got to know me. But the hotel staff, I think, is truly where you get those boots on the ground relationships because they will be directly interacting with the client. So it's a good idea to prioritize developing a personal relationship with key individuals at the hotel, like the general manager, the front desk manager, or the concierge, especially for hotels that you find yourself selling a good bit of. By doing so, you're ensuring that somebody on property is kind of able to watch out for your clients, which is huge. I think that people will mistake VIP as like exclusively perks, but some of the easiest ways to help clients actually have a VIP stay on property is to make them feel almost known. I know some GMs or sales managers will go and personally introduce themselves to guests who worked with agents they're familiar with as just a way of showing the client that added level of service. Which personally, if I was traveling, feeling like people were waiting on your arrival or excited to have you is such a personal touch that goes way, way beyond, you know, a free breakfast or a complimentary bottle of champagne in the room, truly. One caveat here is you have to keep in mind that this requires actual relationship building. You cannot book somebody once or twice and then expect that you are going to become BFFs with the hotel staff overnight. It just doesn't work that way. You can start by simply reaching out to introduce yourself when you have clients traveling. And then of course, following up when they return with any good feedbacks, but it does develop over time. So this takes some intentionality behind it. But once you have those relationships, it can be so, so powerful for your business.
0: I agree with that. I love that you pointed out that you cannot expect your clients to be a VIP after working with the hotel once or twice. And that's not to say that booking a hotel once or twice isn't worth attention from a sales rep or a GM. We're not saying that because there are properties that you're not going to book all the time, right? I might not book. Jade Mountain every single day because I was primarily Europe, but I have European clients that ended up wanting Caribbean, especially in times of COVID. So that's not to say that I couldn't create a strong relationship with that GM or that sales rep on a short time span and, and within short notice or from one trade show. Because usually if you do meet someone at a trade show, there's motive for them to create a long standing relationship with you And I find that people are willing to go the extra mile after they've met you in person. So that's my recommendation is if you have it in the budget, and of course, evaluate the budget. If you have it in your schedule, go to trade shows where you know the GMs, the DMCs, these hoteliers, sales reps, whatever they may be, are going to be present so that you can make those connections. I personally... Was able to stay in some of the most beautiful places that I've stayed in because I'm at those hoteliers at trade shows. And it allowed me to say, like, I'd love to experience your product. I haven't been able to sell it yet because I don't know X, Y, Z. And being honest that you don't know something about their property is actually really powerful rather than being, I know, I know my clients love this. When you, you can't out know the sales rep. There's no point in trying to showcase how much you know about the property ask about the things you don't know. Showcase your weak points so that they can help fill in the blanks because there is a lot of psychological power in people being able to impart knowledge onto you and that making them feel fulfilled in their job. Maybe that's a silly perspective, but I just feel like always asking what you don't know, never showboating about what you do know about the property because they're... Oh, you're always going to be able to learn something. Maybe there's renovations coming up that you don't know about. Maybe there's a special VIP amenity that you don't know about because you haven't booked there before. There's always an opportunity to learn more from a sales rep. And there's always an opportunity to learn from more hoteliers, the more trade shows you go to. I don't think that anyone's ever going to stop learning in this industry. You just can't do it. Things are constantly changing and the world feels absolutely endless. So. Nothing beats experience, nothing beats real human connection. If you don't have it in the budget to go to these shows, if you're not being accepted because you're new in the industry and you're not able to get to T-Fest or GTM or Le Miami or ILTM, go on the website for those trade shows, find out who's going to those trade shows and email them and ask them for a Zoom meeting. That's what we used to do all the time. If we weren't going to the show, they clearly are focusing on marketing. Their marketing team is already saying, Hey, we want to be out into the world. We want to make connections with advisors. And a lot of the time these shows give away the list of who's actually going to be at the event. All you have to do is go and send them a zoom link, send them a Calendly link, get to know them, make your own event, if you will, and create relationships because they're going to go a lot further. And Ashlyn's been doing a lot of our supplier coffee chats. And I'm pretty sure Ashlyn's probably gotten invited to more things lately <laughs> Robert Robin and I have. <laughs> I actually did
2: just make best friends with Tortuga Bay as well. So <laughs> <laughs> Ashlyn's going to go on a second honeymoon.
1: Yeah, for real. Relationships are so crucial to this industry, I think. At no point with your clients, with your partners. We're a whole industry built on relationships. Because again, people can book online, but they choose not to because they want the human relationship. So I think when you do prioritize those supplier relationships that make people... And again, VIP is not always a bottle of champagne and flashy welcome letter. It is like, oh my gosh,
0: Mr. and Mrs. Bradley. I just went for a pedicure with a friend. And we were sitting there and she was talking about how when she got to the Amalfi Coast, she gets to her hotel and the whole staff was downstairs because they knew her arrival time. And they were like waiting for her with a glass of champagne. And it was a family of they had like nine people with them, 19 pieces of luggage and three strollers. That's all I'm gonna say. I was like, um, I have an honest question and I'm not I'm not trying to judge, but did you get charged for an extra transfer to carry all like, your luggage anywhere? <laughs> Nineteen suitcases. They had a sprinter van. Like they literally ended up having to have a sprinter van. Their travel agent did a great job in in setting up their transportation. She said it was smooth and seamless. But when she got to the hotel, they were like, welcome, insert last name, family. We've been waiting for you. We're so excited. And they had a tray of champagne. And we didn't intend to mention this in here, but to me, VIPing your clients is also letting your hotels know when they're going to arrive so they can add extra touches like that. Just like letting your hotel, your transfers, your DMCs know certain things, it empowers them to be able to sprinkle these extra touches that you may not have even thought about. They might not have ever gotten that greeting if their transfer had been you know, arranged on their own and they were just told check-in time is 3 o'clock, they get to the hotel. I'm sure they would have made it special because this hotel does that. But lack of information could have really changed the experience because clearly she walked away. And that's the one thing she mentioned to me was it was so special walking in and them waiting for us to arrive. So that goes hand in hand with transportation. That goes hand in hand with letting your hotels know certain occasions. I I thought that was a really big point to mention that just empowering the hotel with certain information can make a world of difference as well.
1: Yeah. And sometimes they'll do stuff with it and sometimes they won't. And that's fine. But let the hotel surprise you. Because I've had hotels surprise me before where I'm like, you made me look really good. And that's when yeah. you go out and build a relationship and follow up and say how much you appreciate that and all of the relationship building that comes from it. But I think we, we talk about client gifting. We talk about all the things that we can do to make our clients special. And sometimes we forget that it is something as simple as emailing our hotels and just giving them the information they need. They're in the hospitality industry. That's what they are known for. They thrive off of is doing stuff like that. I mean, that's going to be way more memorable to me than luggage tags uh, every day, all day.
0: It makes the difference. 100%. And Ashlyn used to be responsible for this, for Explorator. And it got to a point where we were providing a lot more information than just hey, can you add this welcome letter in the room? So Ashlyn, you want to share a little bit about what you did and how you felt like it made a difference? Because I I loved when anytime a hotel would respond, Ashlyn would be like, I got a response. You know, like it was this rarity that they would respond. It actually wasn't with certain lines of hotels, but we did have a very diverse portfolio where there were some four-star hotels and some five-star hotels. Obviously the five-star hotels are going to be more likely to respond, but that didn't stop us from reaching out to all hotels. So do you want to shed light on that process? Sure.
2: So around like the 30-day mark, we would reach out to each of the hotels. So this was every single hotel. If they were doing multi-leg, we would reach out to each of them and just send them an email with the dates, the names of our clients, the reason they're coming. And then we also started to reconfirm their room type. Just because of the availability issues, especially in Italy, which obviously we were working a ton in Italy. So we would reconfirm, you know, how many travelers, if they had any special room preferences, like conjoining rooms, that was a big one for families, just reconfirming all of that. And then at the end, we kind of were like, well, why not? You know, ask them for help with dining reservations. So we even took it one step further and started adding in dining requests. And the hotels loved having it all in one place. We actually, I think we got feedback from them saying, like, thank you for keeping it all here, keeping it organized. And they would just confirm everything with us. And we would attach a PDF of their itinerary from Travify that we made, making sure we took all of their personal data off of it. But then just reconfirming what the hotel made our life we felt so good with our clients going into travel. So with that, we would reconfirm food allergies as well, their favorite foods and drinks. So when we are you know, making special requests or asking for VIP, if they have any of these items that they can surprise them with that are their favorite foods and beverages, that's always that extra special touch that makes them super happy when they arrive.
0: Yeah. One of the biggest things that we started implementing was sending the actual PDF of the Travify itinerary to the hotels. And that was because we were getting a lot of hotels not having the transfer information. And we're telling everyone, confirm your transfer one night before, because especially now, like this is more important than ever. Make sure you're confirming your transfer one night before. Well, then they would go to the concierge and they were just, I feel like there was always confusion. So being able to hand over the itinerary to the concierge and say, these are the dining arrangements we would like these are the spa arrangements. We would like, here's their itinerary. We would love your assistance when they come to you to help confirm their transfers the night prior and just laying out the expectation of we've done this. Now we're handing it over to you. And five-star hotels love that. I will say we only had one time where a hotel was like, if we didn't arrange the transfer, we can't help. And I think that was them managing the chaos post COVID when they just didn't have the staff to be able to manage that high level touch. And it was shocking because it was a very, very, very high end and popular hotel so that it was kind of baffling. But for the most part, most hotels are grateful that you're handing it over to them because then they can control the experience. And once the hotel has the client's they're concerned with their experience. They're not concerned with like how your interaction with the travel advisor is. They're like, okay, well now the review is in our hands. You know, are we going to get five-star on-trip advisor or not? Let the hotel do what they do. And a five-star hotel is designed to help create a seamless and beautiful experience for your clients. So partnering with the hotels after you've made those relationships with them is the best way for your clients to feel like a VIP because Then you're empowering the hotel to have all their information, know where they're going. Oh, they know they're going on a tour at this time. They're going to be out of the room. They might be able to put an amenity there. It just gives them control over knowing what the experience is going to look like for their client. So partnering with the hotel, giving them as much information as possible, giving them the preferences, let them do their job. Let them rock it. Let them help you look like a rock star. The one other thing that I wanted to mention was that Ashlyn mentioned sharing the room category. This was really important, especially you mentioned the connecting room. So I want to give some ditto fingers on that. But also Robin actually during the trip that I had planned for her, I reconfirmed the room and they still put her in the wrong room category. Luckily it's Robin. She knows the difference. She was like, this doesn't look right. And she was confident to like tell them that. But you always have to think of the most sensitive client and what their reaction would be in that moment. Robin's suite was like this huge suite with two bathrooms. She said it was ended up being like quite overwhelming, actually. But I'm pretty sure that the first room they put her in was the size of one of those bathrooms.
1: It I was like a- cases on top of one another and then like pick the <laughs> other one up to change and like get some <laughs> out. And it was so funny just because Jen was like, oh, you're going to love it. You're going to love it. And Hunter walked in. And he's like, hmm very confused. I was like, I think this is wrong. And so I like sent Jenna a picture and she was like, oh my God. So naturally I called. And I was like, uh, Bradley's a common name. So like I, whenever things like that happen, I'm super not all clients are like that, obviously. Some get very frustrated and I understand that. But with Bradley and like my surname is Brown. So it's stuff like that happen to me all the time. It's fine.
0: But you know what that reminds me because you and I do or did have a close connection with that hotel previously. So like we had decided it in person. We had created a relationship. I spoke really highly of this property, but it's important that you maintain these relationships. Like, I mean, that was four years ago and clearly the service had changed over time. The hotel had drastically, I will say adjusted to certain COVID staffing situations. And so. It was not the same hotel experience that it once had been when we cited it. And no longer did our relationships matter, to put it bluntly. So it's not a one and done situation. Like if you create a relationship one time, there's so much movement in hospitality. There is always someone changing hotels. Once a luxury hotelier, like a sales rep, is within the sphere of the luxury hotels, they're probably going to move quite a bit. So keeping up with who is currently in that role is really important to keeping up with your client's VIP status.
1: That's so true. There is a, a turnover from hotels. Yeah.
0: And just like acknowledging that hotel quality changes over time and that maybe what is VIP actually isn't really VIP. It's subjective at a point. And even though you were in the suite, you did get slightly better service, but you said the whole time you were underwhelmed and you were in the highest room category the hotel had. So don't make assumptions of what VIP looks like at a hotel unless you actually really know. And this is where maybe consortium affiliations do come into play and those consortium relationships come into play is that it's important to know who's within your network because they're obviously going to favor your network this hotel wasn't in a consortium network. I just think that there are certain things that you want to consider, and there are times where you do really want to rely on existing relationships if you don't have a personal relationship with that hotel, for example, your consortium affiliation. For the next point, we do want to circle back to what I mentioned in the beginning, and I quickly backed off of because I wanted to save it more so for this point that Robin's going to tackle, and it's about how your partners can infuse VIP accesses along the way. And I do want to use Tortuga Bay, the fam that Ashlyn just went on with All About Rep and Tortuga Bay, obviously, as a prime example of that. Do you want to help us lead into this and share a little bit about your VIP experience? And I do feel like it was a surprise and made you truly feel VIP.
2: Yes. I will say Gina, she planned everything and was very much for us was just, here you guys go. I've got it all under control. We've got it handled and we trusted her. We knew her. And so I knew that I would be getting picked up from the airport, but I did not know that when I got off my plane at my gate, there was going to be a sign that said Ashlyn Puckett on it. And I got to go with her straight past immigration, straight past customs into a little lounge with a couch and they ran my passport and they said, you're good to go. And they scanned my bags and I was in my car in 10 minutes, which I was amazed by. And we had the same service on a return flight home, except for that we got to go to the VIP lounge and sit there instead of waiting at our gate with hundreds of people screaming, running around. I got free food, free drinks, and there was a swimming pool. So it was incredible. 10 That's out of 10. amazing. Yeah. For context,
1: Ashlyn just got back from Putacana. We have a fam for niche there. That was incredible. And this kind of ties into what we were talking about with logistics, right? Logistics mean everything, but advocating for priority or like special services when your clients are traveling are so important. And it's as simple as like asking for things that would elevate their experience, chilling in that airport VIP lounge or prioritizing your client for expedited check-in or Check out or whatever it is. So there's ways to go about it when you're booking or working with a supplier where you're allowing them to kind of direct you and like add those special touches. Again, this pl- goes into the idea of them feeling special and important. But <laughs> you can do this by number one, leaning on your supplier and asking the question. I mean, we were talking about this as we prep for this podcast, and I was like, "What do I need to say here?" And Jen was like, "I think the thing that everyone needs to know." Is like you need to ask. Like you don't know what you don't know. I never knew, and I've you know I've been to Punta Cana once, but I never knew there was any sort of VIP access there. And the only time I've ever done VIP fast track TSA was in Morocco, and it was incredible. We did it for one wow. of our niche there, and I I loved it. But I thought that was just a Morocco airport thing. <laughs> like I didn't think that was like all over. So if you don't ask when your your supplier, whoever you're working with, what the options are for those. Fast track, or what can we do to make this person feel special? You know, I have a client, she's traveling on her birthday and she really loves this. Like, is there anything you, we can incorporate that would, you know, kind of surprise her along the way? And then, number two, making sure that your network knows those special things like birthdays, like anniversaries, so that they can again play that role of hospitality and really lean into those special services that they might have in their back pocket that maybe they don't pull out for everybody. But when they know, like, they at least you're giving them all the information you need in order to give them
0: the reins almost. The autonomy to play an integral part in creating a special experience. Like we can't do what we do without our suppliers, period. It just doesn't, (laughs) we can't have someone have a great experience at a hotel if the hotel isn't great and we can't have them have a great trip in Morocco if their DMC does a poor job in putting their itinerary together. Like We can't do our job well if our partners aren't doing their jobs well either. And to Robin's point, the first time I had VIP, I guess it was Morocco and Ireland, and Ireland has this platinum lounge. And a lot of the time, you can book these on your own but I never thought to ask. And I have recently had a meeting with a Greek DMC and I'm like, here's the thing. Can travel advisors get an inquiry form like clients get an inquiry form? Like I just want to brain dump all into an inquiry form and then I want you to come back with a beautiful itinerary. So that's my request. Number one is I don't want to get on the phone and articulate this. I want to take my notes and I want to dump it into a beautifully crafted and succinct inquiry form, just like our clients do for us. And then I want a VIP menu at the end. I want to know what those VIP options are. Okay. So I'm dreaming a little bit when I say this. However, if anyone is listening to this, that's a supplier, like idea for you, please do that. But my request is, just to be made more aware of the VIP opportunities. And I think this is an area that our DMCs don't capitalize on as much as they could. And maybe there's intention behind that because maybe staffing is limiting in that. But from a DMC perspective, give me the upsell. I'm giving the clients the opportunity to upgrade their room category. So DMCs, give me the upsell of what does VIP look like? So how would we know as travel advisors, if it did or did not exist, if we're going to our DMC and saying, I have a luxury client with this, 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 and they come back with a beautiful itinerary, how would I know that it's missing VIP entry? I told them that it's a luxury client and that I need all the bells and whistles, but maybe they didn't add those things in. So our challenge to anyone listening is ask just like Robin said, just ask. Make it a part of your script or your email template when you ask for a proposal from your DMC in each destination. Do you have any VIP fast track or any special experiences that we can surprise and delight the client with and give them the power to make that call? They might be able to build it into the itinerary without your client ever knowing that they're actually paying for it. And then again, they're completely surprised by it. For example, Ashlyn just said, anyone that goes to Tuga Bay, they're obviously paying for that in their room rate, but they don't know it because it's bundled. So they get off the plane. They've got the sign. They get to go to the lounge and they're thinking, Oh my gosh. I'm so special. This is incredibly special. They're still paying for it. So whether it comes at a price to your client or not, ask the question because if they're coming to you and paying a premium to work with you, they're paying a premium to feel special. And they're most likely willing, even if it does come at an additional price, to pay for that. I just think it's something that we forget to ask a lot of the time or we don't realize exists. And it is the responsibility of a DMC to share what options there are. But I do feel like it's something that is undermentioned in the call. And the only time I ever learned about it was when I had clients that had mobility considerations. And then they'd be like, oh, we can just do fast track. And I'm like, okay, well, wait. Can we bundle that in for all of my clients that are at the price point that can afford fast track? And now I'm booking my own trip and I'm like, okay, I've got an hour and a half layover in Frankfurt. How can I expeditiously get my in laws through the airport quickly? And of course, you can go on and you can do your own fast track and you can even have a buggy pick them up at the gate and drive them to the next gate. So, I just think that is an amazing thing to think about, even if it's not something you do for every client, but the clients that can afford it, why not have the conversation?
2: I agree. And I will note too, with Punta Cana, I noticed as they're taking me up to the VIP lounge that it was sold out through July. So if you have clients and you want to get that for them, make sure you're doing it in advance, maybe even when you book the flights, because I didn't know it existed and had I not had it, I would have... I saw what it was like downstairs. So I was very glad to be upstairs. You know what I mean? So if it's something that, you know, is limited and it has a cap, make sure that you're getting that for your clients before it's too late.
1: Yeah. Right now with Italy, same thing. It's, it's chaos everywhere. So that's a really good point. I wouldn't think of that.
2: And the perspective somebody went on Monday and it took her three hours to get through immigration and customs and it took me 10 minutes. So that's also just a little perspective for you. It's, Essential, and it was not expensive to add on. It was like less than a hundred dollars to add on, anyway. So I would book it regardless.
0: Well, Aegean Fast Pass in Greece is fifteen euro. It's fifteen euro to get the TSA version of Clear, but if you're flying specifically Aegean, heck yes, I would do that all day, every day. Your clients don't have to take off their shoes. It is such a small cost that you could. Easily put into their invoice or do it as a gift. I mean, if we're talking about client gifting, I'd rather have that than a bottle of wine waiting in my room. Real oh, yeah. talk, Ashlyn, you would have missed your dinner. That's mm-hmm. the difference. Yeah, of that fast, fast. I now know to ask for it, but I still forget all the time. Now that you said book it in advance, I'm like, I need to go ahead and book Turks and Caicos for October because that's definitely going to be the case. So ask, just ask the question, add it to your supplier script. Add it to your hotel script. I mean, maybe there's something that they can do to expedite check in at the hotel. A lot of these all inclusives do have special check in desks, and maybe there's something that you can do to get them considered as a VIP check in. I wanna say, real quickly, because I know this podcast is about how to get your clients VIP'd, I wanna say that not every client is a VIP. If you're listening to this in hopes of hearing a single nugget of information that could change your business, then let us share the one thing that transformed our days from scattered to streamlined, creating a defined client experience with templated emails, forms, and automated task lists. That's exactly why we created our Elevated Experience Workflow. Designed to work in Traveljoy, but easily transferable to other platforms, our program can help you skip the copy paste routine save you from sending touchpoint texts on weekends, avoid missing important details, and protect your business by capturing signatures throughout the process. And if you're also thinking, that's great, but when do I have time to implement all that? Skip the stress and use the button in the program portal to have us implement your new client workflow within days. The key to loyal returning clients and the link to protect your piece is in the show notes you can tap out these relationships and burn out your partners very quickly if you start to act like every client of yours is a VIP. So I'm not talking about like asking for a welcome letter. That's fine. You can let every hotel know if you have the opportunity to put a welcome letter in their room. Here's this. And also here's their transfer information. This is when they're arriving. Like that's not what we're talking about. That is a normal function of your job is to let the hotels know when you're arriving and giving them the information to create a great stay. But when you're saying, this is a very important client, this client is extra special to me, it loses that level of importance that you want if you're using it for every single client, because every client checking in is important to someone. So make sure that when you say VIP for certain people, you really mean it. And the others just make sure that you're still maintaining relationships. Letting those hoteliers know someone's coming, but just really make a a conscious effort to differentiate when someone is a VIP versus a, I love this client. They're great. I just wanted to let you know they're coming. That's a very different conversation. So anything to add on that, y'all? I can't acknowledge that
1: point enough. I mean, I was trying to do it for every single client because in the beginning, any client who comes to you as a VIP because you're starting your business. But once you get into it, it, I mean, eventually people are going to be like, okay, we get it. And not every resort is a place where you have the option to really VIP them too much. You know what I mean? You want to make everyone feel special, but... Yeah,
2: I was going to say, I do have one thing that I learned on this trip as well, because somebody asked all about what would I get by working with you because you're a rep company. And she said, well, for example, if you don't know who to reach at the resort, I have all of those connections. So if you just CC me, I'm going to follow up for you. So if you don't get a response, she would then go and get the response and reach out to people she knows. So I think also knowing somebody with that in is also going to help because She would get anybody VIP'd, not anybody. Don't, you know, take that one with a grain of salt, but she would get you that if, you know, they weren't just going to respond to you because they didn't know you. So having connections again, I cannot emphasize that enough.
0: I think we really underplayed the relevance of a rep company for the sake of this podcast, because rep companies, I do strongly believe can make a very large difference in your relationship with those suppliers and I just think of JMAC. They have their own amenities negotiated with hotels. So if you're thinking of how rep companies can come into play with your bookings, don't sleep on looping them in. And if you're wondering when to loop them in, just reach out. Make the relationship with a rep company and say, like, how do you work? Because everyone works differently, just like every advisor works differently. And keep a running tab of how people work and when to loop people in and what that relationship looks like. I also want to mention that these relationships not only can VIP your client in regards to their stay and then their experience that's directly provided by the tour company, but I once had clients who they were unable to get into a certain hotel. It was in Paris and they really wanted to stay at this hotel. They didn't have the availability that they wanted or that they needed. They really wanted to experience the restaurant at the hotel. It was a Michelin-starred restaurant. And I was able to go to the sales rep and say, because I had just met them and I had just met with them in Paris, I personally, on my own trip, met with the sales rep, made a relationship with them, visited all three of their properties and gave them equal time I was able to go to her and say, my client wasn't able to get in. However, they really want to eat at your restaurant. Is there anything that you can do? Because I'm not seeing availability online and she was able to get them in. So sometimes these experiences come in different ways and it's not just about saying like, Hey, can you make this dining reservation at, you know, XYZ cantina down the street? It's also about getting exclusive access to things that may be sold out. And some hotels or some DMCs rather have access to hotels even when they look sold out or they're given like first priority if someone backs out of their room category. So it is really important to maintain these relationships for those exclusive accesses that are just not known to the public or any availability like by way of a wait list. So I think that's important to note because The dining experience for some people is make or break, especially when it's like a two-star Michelin experience. Now we want to circle back to gifts because again, Ashlyn just came from a fabulous fam for our niche community and they gave gifts. But let's talk about what it looks like when the actual advisor partners with the hotel to ensure that the client feels quote unquote gifted (laughs) when they get to their hotel. That
2: was a good one. Yes. So, when you work with these hotels, you know, the typical amenities that they can arrange are your welcome notes that you've created for them, fruit baskets, flowers, a bottle of champagne. These are all of like the standard gifts that we see, which still, when you come into your hotel and you see something like that there, it like warms your day. It makes you Mm -hmm. excited. And so, those are amazing things that you should always just reach out and see if they have them. Now, sometimes it is an extra, you know, something that you can add on, you might have to pay for, but just asking a lot of times they will give you those things for free. I will say with Punta Cana, they showed us every day examples of the gifts that they give clients because they wanted us to see what you could arrange as well. So one day it was cocoa five ways. So I had the whole cocoa plant. Then I had it as dust and as chocolate and as a sauce. So you got to see it in all of the different ways with a note. And on our final night, they drew every single one of us a bath with rose petals and wrote a note just thanking us for being there. And then they have the Grupo Foundation where They have different types of gifting that you can do. And one of them was this beautiful clutch that every single one of us got, but it was made by recycled bags that they pull from the ocean. It was just amazing. It was just really cool to see. And so every single day when we left and we would come back, there was a different gift every time. And it was very special and it was always small. It didn't always have to be big, but it made us feel very special. And I think, you know, working with partners who do cool things like that, I remember somebody said in Italy, they have a connection for an olive oil mill that will deliver olive oil locally made to their room upon arrival. And you just let them know and then they'll deliver it for you. And I think that is a really cool special touch that just takes it one step further from something that we may have seen before.
0: Yeah. You don't have to spend money on your clients to advocate for a gift necessarily. One, if your affiliation, does have a gift negotiated. To me, it's a kind, gentle reminder to put that in the email to the hotel and be like, just as a reminder, this is my affiliation, this is my host agency, just so there's that brand recognition and they can make sure that those amenities are aligned. But also there might be someone on the other end of that that your personal email just strikes a chord. You could say this person is traveling for X, Y, Z reason and it might just mean something extra to them and they're like, you know what? We have a special gift that this person really loves this. We're going to do this for them. So I would also say, as you're reaching out to these hotels, if you have something personal to say, we are in the business of relationships, back to Robin's point, people join people and we are who we are and what we do because of the network we've created with humans. So make your email human, make it just to back it up allow your hotels to get a good idea of who you are as an advisor and understand your client because they can serve your clients so much better. We hope that you've gained valuable insights on how to VIP your clients through hotels, turning their travels into extraordinary experiences. The point is to remember that luxury is in creating unforgettable memories and seamless experiences for your clients.
1: Thank you for joining another TikToks episode. If you are loving our content, we'd love and appreciate your support and feedback. Head on over to Apple Podcasts, hit subscribe so that you never miss when an episode drops. And while you're there, please leave us a rating and review.
0: We're not kidding when we tell you that we're big on transparency. That's why we've compiled a few bloopers from our recordings. Whether you're laughing with us or at us, enjoy these never before heard moments.
1: It is like, oh my gosh, Mr. and Mrs. Bradley, welcome to wherever we're at. I'm I almost said Ashlyn's last name, but it's I knew couldn't. you were
2: gonna say Puckett. I saw it. I saw
1: it. I was like, when <laughs> to say Puckett? And I was like, it's, it's, it's wrong. Excuse it. <laughs> I just can't say the you like that. Um so <laughs> instantly died. But I think that's where, where I feel the most. Oh my god.
0: I want to give context to this because I think this is like a blooper that needs to be out into the world if it hasn't been already. I feel like we've told a lot of people, but I don't know if we've actually showcased it on the podcast. You know, sometimes you know people really well, but you don't necessarily know how How to to say their last
1: name. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I always read things differently in my head then I know they sound out loud. I don't know why. That that might just be something weird and people are probably gonna be like, you should get tested for that. But (laughs) I always said well, first of all, Summerbell was a super easy name for me to remember. And then changed the last name, of course, because we married our Prince Charming and it went to it looks like Puckett to me. Puckett. It's Puckett. Puckett Oh it's not Puckett. 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 Because I thought it was Puket, I'm now yes. thinking it has to be the opposite. <laughs> Puket. So, anyways, Ashley was on a podcast and I was going to introduce her and I was really powering through my script. And then it came time to say her last name. And instead of saying Pucket, I said Puket, which is a horrible last name. And so. <laughs> I was like, that's wrong. So Ashlyn corrected me, and I was like, okay, pug it, pug it, pug it. And so then I go back and I'm rocking through my script, and it comes time to say it. And I look at that word and I just okay. it, and I was, or puke it. And I was like, oh my God. It was just, it's really embarrassing. So but I'll. You were like,
0: me. I had
2: one job. I had one job. <laughs> and we just nixed it from there. We no. like
1: yeah, I'm never saying her last name again. Anytime it's on my script, I just cut it. I'm like, you know what? They can her up on LinkedIn, but like, I had so much PTSD afterwards, and clearly, even now, I get it all messed up. So,
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm tickled. That one gets me
2: it's
1: good every time. I'll
0: oh my today. gosh! <laughs> okay, all right. From established. Ew! Ew! That was such a gross noise. <laughs> Did you? I got so sweaty as soon as it happened. I got so why was it so loud? I don't even have my mic. wrecked. <laughs> I
1: felt like that was like in my ear.
0: Oh
2: my god! Uh, as soon
0: as it happened, I got so sweaty because it made me so uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> What you that, about? <laughs> that was birthed from the, the was that a big echo did you hear that yeah i don't know why but it was just a little quick one oh, that was weird <clears throat> that was birthed from hotel hotels not having the- why does it keep Okay, I just touched
1: something on my computer. Have you ever seen mic mode? What is that? I just flipped it on, and then you did that. And I was like, oh, I'll just flip it off. And then you did it again. That was 100% me the whole time. But I didn't even- <laughs> I just did so it in my ears. <laughs> no, it was me. <laughs> the way I would scare Jen, the jump it's, it's so loud
0: in my ears. <laughs>
1: Don't mind me. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry.
0: <laughs> it's like when I muted you and you couldn't unmute yourself. <laughs> no, that was bad.
2: Oh my God. Let to start back
0: in. This is a hot mess.
1: <laughs> We're sending you a long distance cheers because you just finished another episode of TikTok.
0: If you loved what you heard, hit subscribe and head over to the show notes for any resources and a summary of this episode. In the meantime, if you want more access to us, we
1: are personally inviting you to join our Niche by Teak community, where we host live events, answer your questions, share destination masterclasses, and give you a front row seat to all the resources that we launch throughout the year.
0: Plus, what's better than being surrounded by like-minded advisors that are hyping you up to succeed each day? We think Nothing.
1: Head over to www.teakhq.com backslash niche to join the community
0: today.